welcome once again to the James Murua Literary Podcast. I'm your host, James Murua. Today on our Kenya Rights session with the Goethe Institute in Kenya, we interview Kisumu-based lawyer and writer Patrick Ochieng. We talk about his entry into the writing business, why he writes for children, what inspired his book, Playing a Dangerous Game, and some of his forthcoming projects. Enjoy. Hello, Patrick. Thank you for agreeing to be on the podcast. Thank you, James. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm really excited to, to have you on this show today. Um, I, Apart from the time when I was in Kisumu to meet you, I, I did, we did meet um, before at a, at, a, at a literary event in the city of Kisumu a few years ago. Um, I'm sure we'll get into that. Let's start with uh, with you. Uh, please tell us who Patrick Ocheng does. Do you write for as a hobby or as a living? Well, uh, thanks, thanks again for having me. Uh, Patrick Ocheng lives in Kisumu, in the lakeside city of Kisumu, uh, what the locals call Winam in, uh, in Luo. So, I uh, Patrick Ocheng has written for quite a while. I've written uh, from as early as uh, maybe 17 years ago. Started writing on a serious note. And uh, I practice as a lawyer in Kisumu. I'm a practicing advocate in Kisumu. As early as 2010, I uh, showed an interest in writing for children. That's YA and middle grade. I uh, won the Golden Baobab Prize. That's one of the the topmost uh, writing prize for children, children's literature. In 2010, I I didn't win it. Sorry, I was uh, shortlisted for the 2010 Golden Baobab Prize, and I've been writing. So uh, currently, I write for Accord, Accord Literary. Accord Literary is an initiative started by uh, two very talented uh, women, that is uh, Sarah Odedina and uh, Deborah Henkora. Sarah is based in London, and uh, Deborah is based in Accra in Ghana. So I write for Accord currently. If I'm not too wrong, uh, the Deborah is the one who actually founded the Golden Barber. Yes. So I had, uh, I, 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 I was connected to Deborah as early as 2010 because she's the one who, she's the founder of the Golden Baobab Writing Prize. So, so currently, what, what? currently they have a accord literally with uh, Sarah Odedina. Sarah Odedina is a renowned uh, uh, person in children's writing. She worked for Bloomsbury while she was in Bloomsbury. It is Sarah Odedina who oversaw the Harry Potter series. So she's a big name in uh, in, in children's writing. Well, that's uh, that's amazing. How I mean, what is it about the writing for children? That how did you get into it? Because um, not everybody will just uh, stand up in when they are a bit older and start saying, "Okay, I'll write for kids." How did you get into it? Well. Uh... I think also interest. I uh, I 
I think there was this influence of uh, the Moses series. If you remember the Moses series, uh, the Moses series, uh, I used to enjoy the Moses series. I think I even met the author when she was working for Nation newspaper. Uh, that time, I think I was still in primary school. So I, when I met uh, the author, Barbara Kimeni, that was her name, was working for Nation uh, in their old building next to Fire Station in Nairobi. Uh, Tomboya they, Street. Yes, Tomboya Street. Mm. So I remember her giving me a, one of the Moses books and uh, autographs. And uh, after that, later on, as I started, I would write in secondary school. I did a bit of writing, not that serious. But now when I was in university, I started writing. I would write for, I wrote for Standard. I had some articles in Standard as early as uh, the, 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 the 92, 1992. But later, I think it is Sarah Odedina who got me interested in writing for, 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 for children. First, Deborah, because I, after I uh, participated in the Golden Baobab Prize and I uh, was shortlisted. Then later, I, uh, they had a submission call out, a code literary. And uh, I had written a short story called uh, Fokikwetu which was published in the first issue of Equator. It was called uh, Juices and Barrows. And uh, <laughs> later on, I realized this is, a, this is a long story. It's bigger than a short story. And I started penning it out, and I sent it uh, to the call-out by a court. And Sarah got in touch and told me, ah, this is beautiful. We, 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 could we have the, the, whole, the whole story? And I sent the whole uh, manuscript. And that's how it started. We worked on it and uh, it blossomed into a book. That's the book, uh, Playing a Dangerous Game, middle grade novel that has been published uh, through a code by Norton Young Readers. Norton Young Readers is a big publisher in the US. So that's how I got interested in children's writing. And uh, currently I'm in the middle of another edit for another this time young adult uh, book wow you so you you finished your first book already which yeah. is when did it come out when 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 is it was it available to the public your, your uh, new book? the the hardcover version was uh, launched just about months ago in uh, on the 17th of august 2021 it's not been in the market long but it's already uh, it's, it's, it's had good reviews through Kirkus. It's had reviews. Uh, it's been uh, given a gold standard. It's been selected as a gold standard uh, book by the, 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 the Junior Library Guild in the US. So it's doing well. And it's still under the, it's still hardcover. It's not really hit as a paperback. The paperback version is coming out in August. I think on the yeah, 23rd. Whole year after. Yes. 23rd of August this year. Okay. Um, I have to tell you, man, I enjoyed this book. Huh? Um, you know, I'm not gonna spoil it for the young for whoever reads it, but you know, I'm I'm seeing this four young men, you know, Lumouche, Darbo, Mose, Odouche, uh, you know, and and uh, is the word haunted house uh, at the center of their 
of their adventures. Um, how, how did you come about with this, apart from the Juices and Zambarao's business? Uh, well, maybe, well, let me put it this way. They, they, uh, you notice the setting is a railway setting, right? Yes. It's set in a railway setting. In, the, in Nairobi. Yes, in Nairobi, in the 70s. Mm. At that time, I think uh, the biggest, one of the biggest employers was the East African Railways and Harbors then before it broke up into the railways and so on. It was the East African Railways and Harbors, and uh, they had uh, certain specific areas where they had railway houses. These houses, a lot of people, actually, a lot of people of my generation were brought up in these estates. We have so many of them. We have Ngara, we have Parklands, we have Landimawe, we have the lower Mudurua, we have... So though all those are railway settings. Eh? And... Uh, I was brought up in, we've stayed in, in, in Parklands, we've stayed in Gara and so on and so forth. So I was brought up in a railway setting. So basically, um, I have a good knowledge of the operations of uh, a railway setting. And uh, just like you will notice the, the protagonist, the main protagonist, the mush, uh, would move schools simply because his father maybe moved from one place to the other or was promoted and so on. So we lived under those conditions. One minute you'd be in Mombasa, the next minute you'd be leaving friends, moving to another specific area and so on and so forth. So basically part of it is, uh, part of it is my experiences, not direct experiences, but the setting itself, my experiences. Mm -hmm. And, uh, just like I said, when I started Juices and Barrows, I, it was about uh, the coming of age of these young boys. But apparently it was also, it turned out to be the coming of age of a nation. Because uh, the protagonists are about 10 years old in the 70s, early 70s. The nation itself is also about that, that old, maybe seven years old or so. So they are all trying to understand each other. These boys are understanding, uh, trying to understand a nation called Kenya and the certain demands being made on them, uh, demands of uh, patriotism and demands of when the flag is raised, you must stand ramrod straight or you get in trouble. And they're trying to understand uh, the nation is coming up. They're also growing up. So basically, it's about not only the coming of age of these young boys, but also the coming of age of a nation called Kenya, in specifically the city of Nairobi. I, I noticed that um, you've woven in politics in there. I mean, I, I, I see at one point you're talking about the poly, you know, Idi Amin and, and the, 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 the Asians being sent out of Uganda and how he also mistreats his you know, the colleagues of um, Lumuch's, Mush, Lumuch's father. Do you want to speak a bit to that? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's fine. Well, uh, but you will notice that if you lived in these railway estates, uh, a lot of them still had Asians, the Asians uh, who had come over to build the railways. Most of them came uh, and, uh, as employees, people who were building the railways. A lot of them stayed on. And as they stayed on in Uganda and in Kenya, uh, there were schools. They started schools. So a lot of railway employees and uh, their children mixed were mixed in these schools uh, although there was the normal uh, 
the normal insularity of uh, the Asian commu community. They had their own uh, temples, they had their own. So we'd mix in school, but the general uh, students would not understand, would say, wait a minute, these people have their own community and they have their own lives and they seem to be insular in the way they deal with the rest of them. So these young boys, again, are trying to to figure out about Amin chases them from, not I think in 1971 or 72. And uh, I remember, even as a kid, seeing at the railway station, some of them passing, some of them being received by their, 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 their fellow Asians in the railway station and so on. And we'd be told, oh, Amin has chased them away. And we'd say, wait a minute. Why should he do that? So there was always that argument. Some people would support the idea. Yes, he did well because they are insular. And there were people who would say, no, 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 no. These people, some of them contributed more than even uh, some of the, the black Africans. And uh, you'll notice the protagonist's father is of that opinion. Yes, yes. He talks about, don't you know, that even the word Harambe itself was taken from the Asians. And then somebody would say, but then why are they separating themselves, segregating themselves. So these young boys are trying to understand these things. And these are the things that play were playing out in the 70s then. And uh, concerning patriotism, what is a real Kenyan? And then we have the rally driver who was chased away from uh, Uganda. And then he comes, becomes a Kenyan and wins this very rally for Kenya. And uh, one of the boys said, no, 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 but he's not Kenyan. No, 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 what makes you a Kenyan? But you see, he was not born here. Then one of them says, yes, but I, my brother was also born in Jinja, not in Kenya. And yet is again. So they are trying to understand the nation of Kenya. Mm. So basically, uh, those are the themes that play out. There's the theme of race concerning. And then there's the theme of tribalism, you'll notice also. And uh, it talks about one person who... Uh, goes to shags then we would say shags the normal kenyan way for up country he yes. comes back and he is circumcised and the, all these other uh, boys are curious and then the other one tells no your people don't circumcise them they just pull out teeth no but you know so they they are trying to understand there is the theme of tribalism there's a theme of race there's a theme of uh, nationalism patriotism when you talk about you must be patriotic the flag is being raised and so on so there are all these subtle themes. And I remember very well that uh, one of the questions that came up from the publishers was whether some of these themes were too heavy for kids uh, that age, 12 and 13. And uh, my response was that uh, these are issues that these kids encounter. We think that they're too heavy for them, but which black kid has not encountered race in America? Mm -hmm. you see, right now we have the issue of bending a knee and uh, that is not patriotic if you bend a knee because the, the national anthem is playing mm -hmm. so these are issues that again brings in patriotism so some of these boys were encountering what they are encountering in Trump's last year in Trump's America in the 70s so we had a back and forth with the publishers in relation to some of these themes that they said were heavy but uh, Sarah, my one of the my, my editor, Sarah, and publisher, Odedina, was uh, on my side. She actually agreed that these themes can actually be understood by middle grade children.
and uh, and it's what makes you see the good thing about uh, writing for YA and middle grade is some of these books can actually be enjoyed by adults. I still read the Moses series up to date, and mm -hmm. I enjoy it. I take my son's uh, Tom Sawyer and uh, by Mark Twain, and I still read it and I enjoy it. So these, and the people are beginning to realize that some of these YA books and some of these middle grade novels can actually be read by adults, and a lot of them are being bought by adults and being read by adults. I don't think they are too heavy, the themes that uh, appear in uh, playing a dangerous game. It's not just heavy, man. It's actually a very fun book. You know, I'm, 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 I'm seeing people going to, the, the, to watch cinema as a community. You know, that mobile cinema concept, I'm, I'm seeing, you know, like the, the young woman who was their home, home worker domestic worker uh, and you know her singing different songs it's actually quite a fun book as well yeah. no it's good it, it uh, what what i try to it has a it has humor it has seriousness we talk about the founding father and uh, at one point uh, moses says that uh, the founding father his father told him that uh, you cannot stare into the eyes of the founding father you know, and of course we know the founding, our founding father in Kenya had really, you know, with his lion-like mane like yours and uh, his blazing eyes. And uh, he says, no, you cannot look at me into his eyes. And uh, the other boys say, but then how do people work with him if you can't look? What happens if you look into his eyes? Then maybe you go blind. Then how come? <laughs> how do people work? So it, it has humor. You see, there's a humorous aspect, but that humor is carried out with... Uh, it is laced with seriousness, you see. Because we, in that seriousness, we talk about, uh, at one point uh, in the book, the protagonist talks about uh, one, of the one of the celebrations, one of the national days. And uh, all songs are being sung about the, the, the founding father. And uh, they say that uh, it is because the founding father fought so hard for independence. And somebody says, but the other people who fought, and they say, no, maybe they didn't fight hard enough, and so on and so forth. So there is that subtle political undertones in it, and so on and so forth, but with humor, and something that kids can understand, or uh, rather young adults can understand. So basically, I needed to write something that captured the moment with some humor, and uh, with some sort of simplicity. You know, and uh, I think we discussed it severally with the, my editor, and she thought that that captured that moment. Uh, wonderful, wonderful. Listen, I'm 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 hoping that uh, as soon as the book is available to everybody locally, they get a hold of the book because it's really good. Thank I you. yes, it's and it's easy because it's. I mean, one of the things that I really enjoyed about the book is is you're showing how Kenya looked like in the 70s, which is not very common in fiction, in any form of fiction that we read in the last 15, 20 years. Um, is that deliberate or is it just something you stumbled upon? You know, showing us, showing our, showing the Kenyan life, which is very rare to see in fiction. Now, what I noticed uh, is that I, uh, 
you know, we have, uh, I have young, young boys, two young sons, and uh, a lot of them are of a different generation, eh? and their experiences are different. And uh, we have very little that really captures that period of the 70s and in a way that they can understand and maybe enjoy. So we have very little in terms of uh, children's literature that captures that. We have what is what what is happening now is that uh, most of the literature being written is being written about the current situation, and the other extreme end of the spectrum is the colonial past. You see, mm. where we, we where we talk about uh, maybe people like uh, Haruna Atta in uh, the deep blue between, talking about the slavery period. But there is this period in between. The beginning when we got independence in 1963 right into maybe the 80s the early 80s or so where that's maybe your generation or maybe a generation behind me or my generation which is blank we don't have anything written about that in terms of children's literature i'm not talking about uh, adult adult we have you know and uh there is that there, there, there is that lacuna so i looked at it from that point of view and uh, secondly also even for now even uh, when we talk about uh, books that talk about the current situation we have both political and so on uh, say like for example the clashes of uh, 92 97 and so on and so forth we have uh, people like Nyangui Kumbani writing things like The Last Billions of, uh, of, of Molo. But you see, it is from the perspective of what happens to grown-ups. There is that gap into that perspective of these IDPs. Don't they have children? Mm. Have these children been displaced? Haven't they lost their friends? Haven't they... You see, experience mental problems. So we talk about just the grown-ups who have lost their jobs, lost their farms, lost their land. Uh, some of them killed. But we never look at it from that perspective of those children. So I also have a project going on, which is also advanced. And uh, actually, the, the, the interim title is Displaced. It talks about that situation. Kombani talks about, about the clashes. But it looks at it from the perspective of a child, mm. the children who live in those camps, what they have to go through and uh, in terms of mental illness, in terms of, uh, of uh, loss of friends, in terms of loss of opportunities and so on and so forth. So I think playing a dangerous game was in that life. I tend to look at it from that perspective of a child. Yeah. Maybe that is something that is missing in our literature, especially in East Africa. I, I don't know, know that if I'm explaining myself well enough. Now. No, you've been very clear. I listen, listen. You're not just written for children. I mean, you entered uh, for the uh, Nalif, the Nyanza Literary Festival competition, and you actually were shortlisted. Um, you you want to speak a little bit about that because that's when we met um, a few years ago. Yeah, uh, Nalif was interesting in that uh, it was, I think, the only uh, festival that I that uh, 
I know of or rather attended here in uh, Nyanza. And uh, should I put it, Nyanza is old now. These days when you say Nyanza is a bit whatever. But within <laughs> this part of the country, the lakeside region. Eh? And uh, good thanks to Kerubo, Jackie. We still uh, communicate, obviously, on Facebook and so on and so forth for starting something like that. And uh, from that particular uh, event, I met a lot of people. I met you for the first time. I met uh, Luwach Madian. I met who uh, writes for children also here, although graphic books for children here in uh, Kisumu through Story Moja. I met, uh, I think I met uh, Troy. Troy, who is uh, Lolwe. Lolwe is now one of the biggest things we have now going on. And I met... Uh, Abukutsa. Abukutsa, I saw he was just shortlisted listed for the, no, long listed for Afritondo just the other day. And I met, uh, who else I met? So I met a lot of people. And it was unique in the sense that uh, we didn't have much, or at least we believed we didn't have much going on in this part of the country in relation to literature. We have always known that. Uh, when we talk about literature in East Africa, there's always the Binyawanga and Kwani and uh, the Nairobi scene, you know? So it was, a, it was a good attempt for somebody to bring a festival like that into Nyanza. I wish somebody would be able to, to, to replicate that. And uh, thanks to you also that now you are trying to, to show this side of the region in relation to writing. There's writing going on. It's not. It's not quiet. There are people who are writing here in the lake region. Would you like to tell us a little bit about this writing that's happening in Kisumu? Because, as you said, not a lot of information is coming out to, to other parts of the world or the country about Kisumu writing. Well, James, uh, I think you will be better placed because you met most of the the, the, the the writers, and I think they give you material that they have written from this region. Now, I think it is up to you. Your blog is big. It's one of the mm. biggest we have now in Africa. And it is up to you to actually put the spotlight on this side. So I won't say much concerning that, because also we, we, we uh, when Troy, Troy is from this region, and uh, we got together with Troy. At one point, we had a book club eh, with Troy, and we'd uh, meet once a month. Mm -hmm. for this book club. So we're trying to, and we realize that there are people who are interested in writing. The only thing that was lacking is maybe the forums, like the, the, the type we have in, uh, in, in, in Nairobi, we have Gote, and we have Lyons, Francais, and so on and so forth. So that might be what is missing. We used to have what was called the British Council, but they closed down, you know that, here in Kisumu. So maybe that is what is missing. But once that has been highlighted, by people like you, your blog, then maybe people will realize, wait a minute, there's something going on there. You know, uh, maybe that is the most I can say concerning the, 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 the lit scene in uh, Nyanza. But you will find that a lot of people who are writing uh, actually still have that affinity to this particular place. You know, I, I, I envisage a situation where you see like, uh, when you read a book, from West Africa, you will see the Hamerton. You always talk about the Hamerton. <laughs> when you read about <laughs> about uh, this part of the world, you'll hear Matatu in Nairobi and 
so on and so forth, you know? And when you read about, uh, so I, I'm trying to envisage a situation where Nyanza will come into the picture so that the next book that you read, we immediately you see Boda Boda, although now Nairobi has Boda Boda, but when you hear Boda Boda, then you'll be talking about Kisumu. Mm. Or we'll be talking about also the lake and so on and so forth instead of talking about river road and talking about, you know. So I picture a situation like that. But it takes people like you to be able to, to achieve that. But we are writing. We are writing. We are not, we are not, we are not quiet. We are writing. We are the lake city. <laughs> now, I'm really happy to hear that, man. I'm, when, I, when I met your colleagues in Kisumu, I realized that... Uh, there's a scene, it, it's not the, the way that it's constituted in many other big towns, but the, the, the scene exists. It's just that, you know, it needs to come out. Yeah. And it needs so, people like you to bring it out. Yes. Yeah. So um, my last question is, um, I, you know, you said your future projects is that you're working on displaced, um, you know, at an advanced stage of a displaced on... Uh, I have two. I have uh -huh. two. tell us about them. I have two projects going on. One is already in the stages of edit. We are back and forth edit. And uh, that specific one is based in, uh, in the coast. You see, it is during the, 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 the period of Nekatilili. That is uh, between, uh, it's historical fiction. It's based in a place because I, we, 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 for lack of using new names that they brought in like guns and so on so we call it the setting is Giriyama land mm. and it is based on uh, partly Nekatilili but with a fictional character in relation to the struggle of the Giriyama people within the Kayas as uh, against the, 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 the British you see then when it was still the British East Africa protectorate that portion of uh, the coast that falls south of the river Sabaki. Mm -hmm. There's a river called Sabaki. South of the river Sabaki is where the, the Giriyama actually lived after coming from what they say, Sangwea and so on. So there is that historical fiction. That one is in some advanced stage. We are already uh, in advanced whatever of editing. So that one is historical fiction. But at the same time, there is this displaced, which is actually based in Eldoret, the setting being Eldoret and uh, Nakuru, where people who have actually fled Eldoret have come and settled in Nakuru. So it's the protagonist again is a young boy who is displaced, you see, and uh, the, the, some of the themes about home, you know, about where home is and what constitutes home, is it safety? Or is it uh, people who have your back and so on? And uh, Wasan Shire's uh, poem, uh, some words from Wasan Shire's poem, uh, nobody runs away from home unless home is the mouth of a shark. You know, so there is that kind of interplay. But basically it is from the standpoint or rather the headspace of a child. I really look forward. I really look forward to listening to, to getting a hold of these books, and um, I just want to say thank you for for accepting to be part of the podcast, and uh, please have a, a great evening. Yeah.
Thank you, thank you, James, and uh, keep up the good work. And uh, next time you come to Kisumu again, come around, we'll uh, show you the place and also maybe you'll meet some other writers. We are trying to influence others to actually join the, with support from you people in Nairobi. Thank you, James. Thank you for tuning in. Wherever you may be in the world, please have yourself a great morning, a great afternoon, or a great evening. Kwaheri!